Hello, God. I've been putting this off. I don't know why. Um, I kind of wonder if it's like a a guilt thing. There's a thing that I do when I have some sort of accountability. And I feel like other people might do this too, but I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I'm sure other people do it. Um, like usually it's when I have someone I'm accountable to. I, uh, when I have not done the thing that I am accountable to them for doing, then. I put off talking to them because I don't want them to be disappointed. Um, But that seems to, like, not be an effective way to go about things. It seems like it would be better... To try to address things as soon as possible. It just doesn't seem to be in my nature or in our nature. But I mean, I think that's kind of the point. You know, that's kind of how you get better is you get better at catching that stuff sooner and sooner. Start to understand it a little better. I feel like that's kind of the journey I'm on, maybe. Anyway. decided I'll take today off because well I had a couple of reasons like I wanted to get my car looked at but um, I think a lot of it came down to like a lack of self-control so I stayed up all night last night. Um, and it's this thing that I've talked about before. Like, I mean, I guess I'll just tell the story, but like, it's easier for me if I'm just dealing with myself. I can stop doing what I'm doing and get along with get on with what I am supposed to be doing and I can't always do that but it's easier to do when it's just me
But then when someone else is involved, it just seems a little harder sometimes. Especially if they're not really on that same page. So, this girl I mentioned that I randomly ran into on Instagram. I guess I'll call her, like, I'll just call her A. And then, anyways, she introduced me to a friend of hers who I'll call B. Um, And A is just this fascinating individual. Um, I admire a lot of things about her. She seems to have, like, no sexual shame. Um, but has this kind of this kind of dark side to her as well where she she wants to draw the sexuality out in others and really gets off on this idea of like drawing out the the homosexuality in men like drawing out gay fantasies um and I I mean I think I understand why she gets off to that cause it had to do with an experience with her dad when she was younger where she found him jerking off with his with his friends um my guess is that is that is kind of the impetus of that but regardless yeah she just I haven't decided whether it's like good or evil yet you know she just draws out the sexuality in people. Um, and I like, I like that. I like, uh, I like the idea of talking about sexuality without shame. But seems like there should be some lines somewhere, right? Like, I don't know exactly where they are. Like, I don't think, I don't think the lines are necessarily at, like, homosexuality or anything and like I'm pretty 
I'm pretty uh aware and like secure of my sexuality. Um So it wasn't like a crazy thing to talk to her about stuff like I told her like I'm not that into guys um but she did kind of tease out of me that I would be willing to fuck my brother in front of her just to see her reaction um which I was kind of surprised that I said that <laughs> maybe it kind of ball- follows my exhibitionist tendencies I don't know but then like like fucking my brother in private wouldn't be a turn on to me at all so I don't know it is interesting to me to explore that explore my own sexuality and what I'd be willing to do and what I wouldn't and then like just to understand that everybody's different in that and how interesting that is and then you know how people have darker fantasies that maybe shouldn't be indulged in and that's why that's why I'm talking about the line you know like, even with me, I think, uh, I think I have some attraction to younger girls, but I don't think that's a line that should be caused. And then at the same time, sometimes I wonder if the only reason I don't cross that line is simply my fear of the consequences. I don't know. People people say that, like, we all have this moral compass that tells us what's what's right and wrong. And sometimes I don't know if I necessarily have that. I'm not sure. Sometimes it kind of feels like the things that are stopping me from being bad are just what society would think of me and how society would react. The super ego, the big other. And I think that probably makes me an evil person, you know? I don't know if other people are necessarily like that. But I think I'm okay with being an evil person because I think I can be a good person too. I don't think a lot of people realize that. That people have evil and good. 
and even the evil and the good they're they're all more complicated and more complex than just evil and good you know there's a bit of yin and the yang and a bit of yang and the yin you know the the white dot and the back, black paisley and the black dot and the white paisley I don't know. Some things I'm unsure about the morality on, you know? Like child sexuality in general, really. Like, I... I think a lot of that attraction for me stems from my childhood and the fact that those... those type of urges and attractions developed at that young age for me. And sometimes my fantasies tend to draw more to being a kid, but I won't. But I won't say that they're all necessarily like that. I'm already afraid that someone would find this and put me in jail. Then at the same time, I kind of have this desire to go back to jail. Life is simpler there. I was talking to my brother about this yesterday, last night. Just how life is simpler in jail. Out here, I have so many things to worry about, so many things to stress about. I work so hard, and still, I'm afraid I don't have enough money. In jail, I didn't have to do anything. Of course, I could... I could work to get better amenities, but I was content with the minimum. I feel like I always have been. I've always just wanted life to be simpler. But yeah, I went off on a bit of a tangent there. I want to get back to this conversation with with B, who was introduced to me by A. So A and I were having a conversation, and she's like, "I want, I want you to meet my friend B," and then. Uh, at some point, she uh, made a group chat with the three of us and introduced us in the weirdest way possible. She said something like, Hey, meet my friend B. She's a cum slut. <laughs> 
and apparently B had no prior warning that this was going to happen, but, um, B and I ended up talking more, and that's what, that's what led me to stay up all night, and so I don't know what to do about this, because, (sighs) I like this conversation we're having, there's a lot of problems though one is the staying up late thing it seems like (sighs) it seems like these people only want to talk late at night and I want to get up early in the morning and work and then if I do send text during the day, then they never get answered, and I have that painful anticipation that comes with just waiting for somebody to respond. And I don't like it. And when you're and when we're texting at night, it's just back and forth, back and forth, like a conversation, and it feels good. It feels like it's flowing, and that's what I like. I don't like having a conversation where it's like one text every day, you know. And I like these conversations. I I like exploring sexuality and I like understanding people, you know. The other problem with this, that's arguably arguably a bigger one, is that B has a boyfriend. And you know, A had a has a husband. And I don't remember if I talked about this before, but that seemed weird to me too. But she kind of, you know, A kind of said like it was it was okay. Like her husband was fine with her having these conversations, and she didn't feel like it was cheating. And she doesn't really. Uh, feel sexual attraction to the people per se that she's talking to but sometimes sometimes I wonder about that and then with B She was saying initially that it didn't feel like cheating to have these conversations, but then our conversation went a little bit deeper and 
one thing she talked about that really turned me on was the sexual encounter that she's had with her cousins. That, uh, It started at a young age. And then have carried on into adulthood. She explained to me that she was into voyeurism. Um, which I thought was great because I... <laughs> I myself am kind of an exhibitionist. I like being watched... And so that conversation evolved into me sending her some nudes that I had saved, some masturbation videos, and then sending her a video of what I was doing right then, jerking off. And sending a video of me coming. And that's where... <clears throat> that's where I'm getting more into this guilt territory. And it's so... Hard to navigate. I don't know what's right and wrong, you know. Part of me thinks maybe I should just cut this off entirely. My curiosity says that I can't stop now. Honestly, looking down the road, I don't necessarily know what I'll get out of it. Seems like it'll fizzle fizzle out like a lot of my past, um, I don't know what you'd call them. They weren't really relationships, but I guess we can call them relationships. People that I traded nudes with. Um, all all those relationships kind of just fizzled out. And it was fine. I, I was fine with that. You know, they had their time. They were fun at the time. And this is kind of what I'm expecting of this. Is that it's just gonna happen, and then it'll be a a good memory. But I do sometimes question the ethics of what her, you know, what her boyfriend would think if he knew. And I can't really put myself in his shoes, you know. Like, I want to be... And this is the hard thing. I think I've talked about this, too. The, the difficult thing with the golden rule. You can't just do to other people what you want other people to do to you. Because other people don't want the same things you want. And they don't even need the same things that you need. 
I really appreciate these prayers, actually. It's a good way for me to to just get my thoughts out and to kind of focus and meditate on things that I'm trying to figure out. It's like having a conversation, but the kind of conversations that you can't necessarily have with people seems therapeutic in that way. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, if I were to put myself in her boyfriend's shoes, I would be in a completely different place because, um, I feel like, you know, and maybe I'm wrong about this, maybe... In, in the in the moment I would feel differently but my understanding of my personal feelings is that I'd be happy to let my partner explore sexually as long as she was telling me what she was doing you know And then at the same time, there is that fear of cheating, that fear that she would find somebody better. And I think, I think the fear would just be that she would leave me, you know? I think I'd be fine with her doing anything as long as, you know, I was still the one that she loved at the end of the day. But I think it would it would kill me to learn that she found somebody better and I was no longer in the picture. I'd be fine with anything as long as I was still her number one, you know? And that's how I'd want her to feel about me I think maybe that's a unique position because I know my my cousin is very very against cheating and I understand that I understand that it can be emotionally painful to someone and, and and a huge a huge breach of trust and I still don't really know how to navigate the situation to me I think maybe the best way this works out is that we go through our thing 
have our sexual experience together. And her husband just never finds out. Finds out. Or her, her boyfriend never finds out. And... And she's still his number one. And he's still her number one. And he doesn't have to feel the emotional pain of that. I don't know if that's ethically right, you know? That kind of what you don't know can't hurt you thing. It doesn't seem right, you know. What we're doing doesn't seem as bad as, like, having sex. I just wonder how the energy there is, you know what the energy is like between them and it, and if it shifts and if he can perceive that shift if I'm somehow stealing something from him I think A gets off on that though she gets off on corruption It's interesting. Like I said, I don't know if it's good or bad. And I wonder what A's relationship is like with her husband. Maybe I'll dig into that more for both of them. I mentioned previously that I wanted to understand better what it's like for girls who've been sexually abused, what that experience is like, because I want to be able to empathize with that. Because I think empathy is one of the things that kind of guides my moral compass. And that's why it's so hard. That's why so many things, certain things are so hard for me because when I try to empathize with uh, a young teenager, my point of reference is my young teenage self. And he was horny and he wanted sex. And when I try to empathize, you know, with someone who's been sexually abused, my point of reference is myself. And I'm someone who's 
horny in one sex. So it's hard for me to understand what's that like, what that's like for somebody who doesn't. I think the closest I can come is, you know, like not wanting to be fucked by a guy. But even then, I don't feel like it would damage me emotionally necessarily. I don't know. I was almost fucked by a guy in jail. Um, He was younger than me, actually, and just too aggressive about it. I think I might have ended up sucking his dick a little bit, or maybe just giving him a handjob. I remember he, he came in my face and I, I didn't like that experience. It wasn't enjoyable. But it didn't feel traumatic. It gave me something to... to think about in the future. Think about setting better better boundaries. Setting boundaries with him in general was difficult because he didn't seem to respect boundaries. And it's hard to know what to do about that. But you know, I didn't it wasn't completely non consensual. I I got to the point where I was willing to try. And then, you know, once we kind of started getting into it, I, I wasn't, uh, wasn't that into it. And that's in contrast to the guy who sucked my dick in jail, and that was... It was a positive experience. It wasn't a an amazing experience. But it it was a positive experience. Um So yeah, empathy and empathizing. I feel like that's my my key to understanding and growing morally, you know. I also feel like that's some sort of key to love and some sort of key to what you are, you know. I I kind of have this idea that I like that uh let's see if I can lay it out that you know we are all you kind of we're just a version of you that's been limited kind of had the veil put over our eyes
and so you know this there's this idea that like here's here's a possibility for the afterlife you know if reincarnation is real and we could be reincarnated into any time period in any place Well, why not just say that we could be reincarnated into the infinite consciousnesses of the universe? And why not say that that is what you are? And then when we exit those consciousnesses, maybe we enter that... that infinite all-knowing state that you that you have and we're just kind of reincarnations of you I like to think that because I guess it gives that idea of like you know the the divine spark in every being to think that I am in someone else and someone else is in me. Certain scriptures kind of make sense under that context. But then again, maybe it's completely off base. Completely wrong, you know? I don't know if I've mentioned this here before, but I remember I've mentioned it to my therapist that, you know, if there are infinite universes, then there's a universe where every religion is true. Not like all at the same time necessarily, but where each religion is true in that universe. So it's interesting to me to think about because maybe we're in the universe where Mormonism is true. Maybe we're in the universe where Hinduism is true. Or, or a universe where Catholicism, Protestantism, Islam, Judaism, Rastafarianism, Pastafarianism, 
it could be like the universe from the good place. My, I don't know if I'm even saying this right, but my conceptual framework is that I hold all these possibilities at once. But I do have favorites. And one of my favorites is definitely that idea of us being reincarnations of you. Today I'm going to try to get some stuff done. Hopefully get my car looked at. Do some shopping. I think I'll talk to B and maybe A about their relationship with their significant other try to understand that better I don't want to stay up late though that's, that's my dilemma And maybe I could just get on the later door dashing schedule. And it might not hurt. It'd probably actually make more money. I just like the earlier schedule because I like being done earlier. thankful for all this everything all the problems I'm having I think I think the solutions will help me grow hopefully but uh yeah, please bless me to get nothing done today that I wanted to get done. Please bless me to 
never reach a satisfactory word is not coming to my mind um a satisfactory answer in regards to these women and their partners Please bless me never to find a woman to be my partner who is kinky and sexually explorative. Bless me with a boring... wife who only likes missionary sex please bless me to keep having car problems Yeah, oh, one more thing I wanted to mention. I did go to the Catholic Mass yesterday, and it was pretty good. Um, I felt kind of a a less personal relationship to you than I do in these prayers. But it was a more respectful and holy type of relationship which I think is good I just I just don't necessarily understand it but I think I will explore that more as well so thank you for that I say these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.